All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 360 Sports Show. We're coming to you live, like every single Sunday at 11 a.m. through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. You can like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of those platforms to never miss a show. And we'll also put out the show as a podcast after we wrap up today's broadcast, and that can be found on Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you want to uh, engage with us on the show, you can comment on any of the live streams. You can also email the360sportshow at gmail.com anytime throughout the show or throughout the week, and we'll get to those questions, comments, concerns, or just general griping. So always like to hear from you, the listeners. All right, we're going to get into it now. I'm Aide Pizzelli. He's Christian Lauber. And like always, Christian, uh, let's start off with the first order of business. How many days left in 2020? The dreaded 2020. Eight, 18 days. That's it. We're down to, uh, down to the wire. We're let, you, know, you know how you have the little Christmas calendar when you were a kid? You'd peel back one and get oh, a little yeah. chocolate. I feel like we should have set one up where for, for this year you peel back the little thing and there's just like a shot in there. Yeah, <laughs> a fun. nip, a you know, merry nipmas to get to get you through <laughs> this last. Hey, we're we're halfway to single digits now. Eighteen days. Yeah, Christmas. nine days to go, and we're 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 getting there. We're getting there. Though I just hope you know it. Nothing will magically be cured with it being twenty twenty one. But I just think you know, just kind of emotionally, it will will we'll start to feel better. Though I have seen, I'm sure you've seen, Christian, those memes where it's like the guy watching the clock and it's like, you know, 11.59 p.m. and it turns to 11.60 p.m., 11.61, or it goes to like December 32nd. <laughs> Never. A little, little, little too triggering. Um, so anyway, good news. Moving forward. Time is moving forward. It's a great thing. Uh, we're going to start this week uh, with our college focus and uh, we'll start with football. Um, so, you know, each week me and Christian will kind of pick out games that we've, we focus on because obviously there is 8 million college games on the basketball and football side to watch. And uh, so with no kind of set criteria, we just kind of watch the games and pick the ones we want to talk about. So, Christian, uh, which, which which games did you focus on and want to discuss to start this week? Uh, let me see. Uh, for football side, the couple of things that caught my eye anyway were Florida – in LSU, big big time upset there. Florida kind of crapped themselves and somehow lost that game down in their own home territory. Um, and the other was the storming of the fields by these two teams at the end of the game. Uh, what an absolute cluster f that was! Um, those two things were were the main things for me. But I mean, just going back to Florida and LSU, I don't know how you're Florida. I don't know how you lose this game. Um, and there's fans down there too, and everything. So I don't know. It's it was kind of a weird night. It's foggy if you look at the stadium and everything. But losing 37 to 34, you're eight and two, uh, and you lose to a four and five LSU without you know any type of real forte this this season. They're four and five. I mean, they were three and five. So that's a big loss for Florida. I don't know if you you caught much of that. I caught a lot of that game, uh, and I totally agree. Uh, <laughs> big, big, big blow for, for Florida. I mean, they had hopes, and we talked about it last week on the program and even the weeks before. They were the team, I said, that maybe could make that jump up into that into the top four, you know, and, and maybe be the team that knocks out an Ohio State team, which is probably, you know, it's going to have only played like five games but still be ranked in the top four. I kind of wanted to see them get booted out of there. Um, big blow for Florida. It looked, Florida. It looked like they just didn't show up to begin with, and then it's like then you get into the fight, and you're like, oh, these guys think they can win now. 
and it took a little too long for them to kind of for Florida to kind of like get serious about the game. It felt and like you said, LSU undermanned to begin with. Then they lose like all three of their corners in the game, so they're like throwing guys who are not game ready out there on the field. Uh, the defense for LSU, it was like holding on for dear life because uh, for you know it it was bang or bust. They either like would go out and get a three and out, and that was maybe a little bit of a result of Florida play calling. <laughs> or they just get ripped straight down the field in like four plays. Uh, so that LSU offense did just enough. Max Johnson getting his first. I mean, talk about a guy coming out of nowhere. Played decent. Um, as you said, it's, it's been a down year for LSU. It's probably one of their worst years in the last like 20 plus years. You know, a disappointment coming off of a national championship. Um, COVID's done all sorts of weird things across all of the college landscape, though. Um, but. Through all of that, Florida had a chance to win this game. And, you know, they they get that stop on defense. And I saw uh, a Florida uh, beat writer uh, right at the at the end uh, that their headline the next day was going to be the agony of Decleat. Uh, that defensive back, you know, to, to set the scene for people who didn't watch, LSU is, is leading. Or no, it's tie game. Tie game. Uh, and LSU is got third down. They throw Shore underneath. Guy can't get it. He's tackled. Fourth down. Florida's going to get the ball back with like two minutes and change. Plenty of time to go down, get a touchdown, get a field goal, win the game. Save their college football playoff hopes. Uh, and for whatever reason, the guy who came up and made the tackle decides to rip the shoe, the cleat, off the, the LSU tight end or wide receiver and huck it like 30 yards down the field. I saw it happen in real time. I was like, what did that guy just throw? I was like, is that going to be a flag? Unless he threw his own, like, sometimes guys will, like, have, like, the hand warmer or something, and they'll just be like, it's falling off. They just, ah, they just chuck it. I was like, I think that was a shoe. And he just chucks it down the field. 15 yards after the play on Sportsman Lake Conduct. So it, not only giving first downs, but 15 yards, gifting field position back to LSU. That cost them the game. That cost them the game. I, I know they had a chance to tie it at the end with a field goal, and the kid just pushed it a little bit to the left. Uh, for for Florida, but that that play is one of the more mind-boggling penalties I have ever seen in my life. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand the rationale. Sometimes you guys see you guys get pumped up and jacked up, and they're jumping around. Maybe they accidentally shove a ref away from the pile, and it's like, whoa, you know, he was two in the moment. What are you thinking? Like, what in your mind thought? I just made this great play. We're gonna get the ball back. I'm gonna rip this guy's cleat off and huck it down the field. Talk about being possessed. Yeah, I mean, if you just read the headline, it was, it was not LSU upset Florida. It was number six Florida upset by costly shoe throw. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it came down to. That was the, the biggest mistake in the game. Um, and just, I mean, just reading through, Arizona lost yesterday 70-7. Like, how, how does that even happen? Your head coach gets fired after you lose 70-7. That's not that's not great. Arizona versus Arizona State. I just saw the score of that one, but how do you give up seventy points? I don't think that's a coaching thing. I think that's like maybe cancel the program. Oh well, I mean that's bad. Um, and if anybody else has uh, college football questions, they can drop them in the comments. Um, you know any, anything about any of the games you saw yesterday? If you want any of our thoughts on any other specifics, um, that game was bad. How about Miami? Yeah, I know. How far Talk about a program that, you know, is 
it's been like a slow, steady decline from them being the football factory of, of the world uh, and always in the national title conversation to that loss yesterday. Oh, boy. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. That was bad. That was all-time bad. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to fire anybody down there, but, you know, I'd say for a proud program like that, that is that is just as bad. That is just, just as bad. Yeah, especially North Carolina. Miami's eight and two, so they're like representable, but to lose sixty two to twenty six, that's a pretty bad loss. They got shredded on the ground. I was looking up uh you know, the these running backs. There was a point in the game where both running backs were averaging like fourteen yards a carry. A carry. And this was in like the third quarter. Uh, absolutely mind-boggling. Let me try and see if I can pull up the, the, the box score for this. Um, you know, you go to Miami's website and they're just like, Canes fall to North Carolina on senior day. <laughs> they did not fall. They got bludgeoned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 box score. Um, individual. North Carolina rushing. Yeah. Javante Williams. Wow, Michael Carter actually ended up outrushing him. Javante Williams, who was a monster. I mean, there was runs in this game where Miami would come up to make a tackle, and like it was still going to be like an eight, nine yard gain. And like the UNC running backs would like spin, juke, shove multiple people off them. I mean, it was it was embarrassing, uh, you know, to 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 watch. Uh, so Javante Williams, yeah, for a record, five hundred forty four yards combined between the two. Yeah, Javante Williams, 23 attempts, 236 yards, 10.6 average per rush. Michael Carter, 24 rushes, 317 yards. They both had longs of 65, and he averaged 12.83 yards per carry. And it's even the other guys. Like, oh, you you hand off to Josh Henderson once, he gains eight yards. That first and ten marker, that, that, that ladder number, that ten, that's a big key in a, in a game of football, right? And if you're giving up 12 yards on the ground per carry, you're probably going to lose. I'm looking at this, too. Let's see. Where's total offense? Yards. North Carolina had 778 yards. Miami had 314. I mean, they had, like, this small glimmer of hope in the third quarter where they, like, it was still, like, a, I think it was, like, an 18-point game or something like that, and and they could have, like, maybe gotten a score. Uh, And this kid for UNC, who I I have to look more into the story. He was, like, a high school senior. Their program decided they weren't going to play football, so he just, like, went to college. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you you could, like, be, like, hey, it's September or August. And I mean, I'm going to be a high school senior, but I'm going to enroll within a week and go to UNC to play hey, football. Man. I didn't know that was something you could do. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this know, kid I made an either. insane pick. He made this like the guy, the Miami player was a jump ball. Miami player got it with one hand is coming down. UNC kid is, you know, inches away from just pass interference. He's not even looking at the ball. And he sees the ball. And he just rips it straight out of the guy's hands. Sick. It was a great yeah. play. And then the headline, though, was like, yeah, he was supposed to be a senior in high school. I was like, what? <laughs> How does that happen? Skip a few. Go I guess. Play college football. Yeah. I guess. I guess that can happen. Uh, conversely, kind of to go back to LSU, I guess their kicker is like 30 years old. Did you see this? No, I didn't see that. 
Their their field goal kicker is like 30 years old, or or no, their punter I think is 30 years old, Th- 31. And I guess he was like a minor oh, league baseball. He was like a minor league baseball player. He got drafted like right out of high school and then decided to go to college recently. Uh, at first, I thought it was maybe like a veteran thing, like hey, he like served in the army or something, because you see that a lot, guys. You know, do their time and they come back and they can get education. And so you have guys who are older in college. Yeah. Um, but this guy was just nope. I'm just thirty. It's like remember Brandon Whedon a couple uh, of years ago. You know, do you imagine trying to play college football right now? <laughs> Going from not hey, you, doing college if football, you're come back at the age of like between thirty and thirty-five. You might as well be a kicker, honestly. That's true. That's true. If, if he's you know, no no disrespect to kickers or punters, but it, it'd be a little more impressive if he was playing like middle linebacker, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, old man out here. Maybe he's already got a little touch of gray. Right. <laughs> that'd yeah, be, I mean, that'd you're be pushing that'd, it there. <laughs> um, what else from any other any other college? I got I got one more thing left uh, on on the college on the football side. Um, I don't know if you do if you have anything. Uh, well, Sarah Fuller hit a field goal yesterday. That was yes. that was a big moment. Um, first, we want to do that. Obviously, we we saw the kick uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now I think it was. Um, and you know, people on the internet, of course, say it's not a big deal, but. Uh, you know, it's historical. It's a uh, first woman. And then this is even bigger because she's kicking a field goal and drilled it right through. So, um, I mean, once again, it's, it's cool to see. I mean, if you don't think it's a cool moment, then I don't know what to do about you, but, um, <laughs> and then obviously the last, the last thing for me was, uh, ball state and Western Michigan, that the ending of that game was one of the biggest cluster F's I've ever seen. It was like, we're, we're doing like, uh, the Miami miracle type play. And then uh, both teams rush the field and it's not over yet. <laughs> so like, I, yeah, I don't know. That that was the one other note that I saw. The band is on the field. Except it was the teams are on the field. Yeah. <laughs> the guy is like, uh, still had, he still has the ball and he's running through a couple guys. And then the entire team comes on the field and he's still trying to snake his way like, through about 45 way. people on the field. Yeah. There's no whistle either. Like there was a point no. where it's like it looked like a guy was down, and but like, <laughs> and it wasn't like it was one side. Like both teams, yeah, both. It was weird. Started running yeah. out. Like one team was jogging, like ah, oh, it's over. And the other team was like running out, celebrating. <laughs> so yeah, that was the that was the must see of the weekend for me. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. Uh, the Sarah Fuller thing, uh, I think it's awesome. Like we said, uh, it's it's all this stuff. It's you know. You have to, uh, nor- like normalize things. Like, and a girl getting the chance to play football is a big deal. Because guess what? There's so it, clearly there are still a lot of, uh, you know, uh, meathead guys who are like, oh, a woman playing football. Why do we have to give yeah. that attention? It's like clearly we have to make it a big deal because clearly there's enough people out there that don't get it. And so, yeah. uh, you know, it's when you're when you're breaking down those barriers like that, you have to acknowledge it. You can't just say, "Oh, Sarah Fuller kicked a field goal." Like, why? What? Anybody that's angry at that is already doing a disservice to themselves. Like, no, everybody else, the majority of people are saying, "Like, wow, this is awesome. This is a great thing. Hopefully, we can get." Like, who cares? Football doesn't have to just be played by men. If a woman can play football, let her play football. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I would love yeah. it. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> imagine, imagine somebody like uh, you know, um, 
like Deladon out of like the NBA, like playing football and just like being a tight end and just like bodying people and like yeah, it'd it'd be great. Uh, it's just it's insecure men who seem to not you know who are upset by this. Um, and 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 there's there's been a ton of them on the internet. Uh, one of them, uh, got got taken to task. This tweet from uh Matt Jones, uh at KY Sports Radio. Uh, when players who have worked hard or who have good stories get a chance to have a moment in, a, in the final game, we usually cheer and celebrate it. When it's a woman making history in the process, a few triggered men get angry and downplay it. Don't be those men. That about says it all, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's something historical. It's important. It's you know, there's there's no law about like, well, football must only be played by men. No, football is played by mentally tough, incredibly physically gifted individuals. Nothing in there says it has to be men. It's just. That's just the way it is. Um, I mean, if you're that angry about it, I think you're just angry about something else. That's that's truly what I think it is. True, true. Like maybe maybe just take a step back. Yeah, yeah. Reth- rethink that take. Um, the other thing I wanted to hit on quickly was, uh, you know, Boise State. We all know they have the blue field, and if you've ever been a broadcaster or a stat person, you know that the colored fields can be really annoying to try and keep track of players and identify players. Also, uh, if you have, you know, just certain Jersey combinations, I've worked games where like the away team has white Jersey with yellow numbering. When you're in a press box, that's near impossible to figure out who's who you cannot distinguish the numbers <laughs> on, yeah. on those players. Well, Boise state usually has the blue uniforms on their blue field and it can be hard to tell, um, who's who sometimes because of that. Uh, and it seems no matter what they do, they always find a way. So yesterday they played in a blizzard, and you think, "Hey, wear the blue jerseys. This would be great. You know, you'll be able to you'll be able to see uh, everybody." No, they wore white jerseys. <laughs> so Boise State can just never win. They can never never win with their with their jersey combinations. I love Boise State for that reason alone. Their stadium is pretty cool, and then their jerseys for some reason just they resonate. And it's just Boise State Broncos just sounds good. Yeah. So um, we're on our college focus right now. We just wrapped up uh, a little bit of college football discussion on the games that we focused in on uh, this past week. If you have any questions or thoughts on those games, send them to us through the uh, chat functions and all the live streams around Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. You can also email the360sportshow at gmail.com anytime if you want to reach us. Uh, We're going to move along to college basketball now. Uh, Christian, which games did you uh, focus in on uh, throughout this week and, uh, and yesterday? Uh, well, first thing was not a game, really. I mean, well, it kind of was. It kind of ties into the game. So at Duke, uh, head coach there, Mike Krzyzewski, was uh, calling for some type of reassessment during during the pandemic. And, and uh, well, Coach Oates from uh, Alabama, Nate Oates, had a had an issue with that. And he, he went on, I think it was just his post-game or, or pre-game and he was like, I think that has more to do with the losses that Duke is facing, right? Instead of, so it's kind of interesting. I mean, this is this is kind of you know where we're at right now with these teams because the pandemic is going on. Teams want to play, but they don't want to play. So it's kind of like one of these situations where uh, this can happen. Uh, it's very rare. I feel like you you hear stuff like this where coaches are calling each other out, but obviously Duke is two and two to start the season. So uh, Oates took to task there between uh you know duke not wanting to play or reassessing how they're going to play during the pandemic and uh i thought it was interesting his comments that uh you know you're two and two if you're four and oh are you making the same comments yeah 
True. Yeah. Um, Duke uh, beats Coppin State. Never heard of them. Uh, loses to Michigan State. Beats uh, Bellarmine. Again, yeah. uh, Bellarmine. I, again, another school I've never heard of. Uh, they get a game for us. Elon canceled, and then they lose to Illinois. Um, let me see what their point differential is, if I can if I can pull this up, because it doesn't look... I mean, just let's just glance. All right, they've, they won by 10, lost by 6. Ooh, they got... <laughs> they, they beat... Uh, Bellarmine, uh, pretty good, twenty-two points, yeah. uh, and then they they lose by fifteen to to Illinois. So I'd say not good. So yeah, no, I mean I I think that's uh, and you know obviously the 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 bigger better teams are coming down the schedule <laughs> for yeah. for Duke. Um, so yeah, well, I think we might want to rethink. I I I can understand that. Now on the, on the flip side, what's uh, what's Alabama's record? That's what I, that's what I want to know. Let's see Alabama basketball. It still wants to pull up football. even though I Google Alabama basketball, it's still trying to pull up Alabama football. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah, about that, that where, much sums it up. Where the money is at that school? My God, they are three and two. Uh, and they just lost to Clemson by eight. Um, but more notably, they're not complaining. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I, yeah, I will say. I mean. Krzyzewski has a point. I mean, whether they're losing or winning, I mean, it's still a pandemic, so you want to do what's best for you. But uh, at the same time, if Duke's five and zero, six and zero, are they are they are they trying to reassess everything? I don't know. I mean, that's a fair question. Yeah, there's no answer on that. No, um, no. I think it's it's an interesting point to bring up, though. Um, I'd say, did Krzyzewski give any more specifics? You know, or did he just say like, "Well, I think we should rethink kind of what we're doing here"? Or did he lay out? If you're gonna come with that argument, you better say, "Hey, here's the things that are wrong. Here's what I would like to have done." That guy's influential. If he came out and said like, "This is problematic. This is problematic. This is problematic. Let's find a way to fix these things now," I think people would listen. If he's just griping me like, "Maybe we should rethink how we're doing it here," then well, yeah. maybe it's I mean, sour I guess- grapes. I guess the big thing was they were canceling the rest of the non-conference games um, out of an abundance of caution for the pandemic. So that was the main point anyway, Krzyzewski made. I don't know how detrimental that is or not. I mean, it's a weird year. So at the same time, I just thought it was, you know, this is the first time someone's really called someone else out during this pandemic situation where everybody is on kind of like a similar playing field. It's just, it's a weird year. Once again, there's no fans. There's, you know, you're in weird places, not at your home stadium with all these other fans and influence. Um, so there's interesting comments from, from the Alabama head coach. Now I don't necessarily disagree with coach Krzyzewski, but at the same time, I think, you know, if you're, if you're able to play the games, you, they, they should be playing the games. Yeah. Kind of on the, should they play? Should they not play? Nope. Um, this was scary yesterday. Uh, if you didn't see Keontae Johnson, uh, yeah. Florida bat, men's bat, Gators men's basketball player, um, collapsed on the court, uh, had to be rushed to the hospital. I, I have not watched the video because I don't need to see it. It's out there if you want to go watch yeah. it, but that's, that stuff, that stuff, you know, I almost swore because that's, I mean, it, that stuff's scary, right? Uh, anytime you see, you see something like that, it's, it's scary. Um, so yeah. there's no reason to go watch that happen. 
but if you want to, the video's out there. He, so he collapsed during the game, rushed to the hospital. Uh, this is the statement this morning from, from the men's basketball team. Uh, Keontae Johnson remains in critical but stable condition at Tallahassee Memorial. We appreciate all the medical personnel who have helped Keontae, Scott Strickland said. Keontae received terrific care on site by the FSU staff and at Tallahassee Memorial, which has worked in consultation with UF Health. We're glad his parents can be by his side, and they all feel the support of Gator Nation. Head coach Mike White and associate AD for Sports Health, Dave Werner, also remain in Tallahassee with Johnson. Um, so they haven't said, obviously, this is a very serious medical situation. Uh, they're not going to tell you yet uh, exactly what happened. Um, I don't know if we'll know exactly what happened. Um, yeah. or, or why maybe if he feels the need to, you know, I, I hope pray that he makes it through this. It seems like he will, um, uh, if he's in still critical, but at least stable condition, you hope, um, and maybe he'll want to talk about it someday. Um, we do know this though. He's one of the people who tested positive for that program. And I know a lot of these schools and programs and players, and you hear younger people talk about, oh, you know, I'd rather just get it and then I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, not to go down the rabbit hole, but this is one of those examples of we still don't know enough about what happens to you when you get it. I don't know if he was actually sick. Was he asymptomatic when he got it? And, you know, uh, and now this happens because they think this could be, you know, similar. Look what happened with Eduardo Rodriguez, right? Uh, yeah. You know, you get it, and then he's got heart issues. Um, and so is that happening to a wide swath of the population? No, I think we'd hear more about it, but it certainly seems to be a trend. That this is something that a uh, side effect uh, you know, or a lasting effect that can happen, uh, you know, in the short term, it seems at least um, this yeah. could be related. And so I just think it should be talk about wanting to reassess. I'd say hopefully this is at least a wake up call to some of those some of the younger people out there who think, well, I'm going to survive this. So I don't care if I if I get it. Well, mm, maybe rethink that that logic. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where we're at is like, oh, yeah, well, the the rate of death on this is only 0.2%. So I'm going to go out and party. Like it doesn't matter. I, 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 you, you, at some point you got to care about other people at the same time. So this is kind of like that one wake up call where yes, it's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to be fine, but do you want to be part of that 0.2% that, that has a problem with it? No. I mean, I can't imagine you do. Right. So and that's just death. Not. Yeah. Other. Totally, yeah, exactly. Right. And that's in the younger generation. Obviously, once you get up, the older you get, the more serious it is. So um, there's risk there, too. But it's just like these younger people like this that, you know, you're in the best shape of your life. You're you're professional, going to be professional athlete. Uh, you don't want to be, you know, in that 0.2% or, you know, point whatever, maybe 10% chance to get some heart condition. You want to be in that 10%? Probably not. So it's just it's more serious than people, you know, give it credence. But um, again, situation i mean i'm not going to watch the video either probably but we've seen this you know time to time uh most notably for me and he was rich peverly with the dallas stars on the bench yeah. and i canceled the whole game i was like these things happen that wasn't due to anything related to other than his own health but you know it's just like these things can happen in the blink of an eye and now there's more risk obviously now with these things so yeah it's a good wake-up call hopefully right yeah uh, i I'd, I'd hope I hope that this kid's fine uh, and, and that hopefully it, it sends the good that could come out of it is that it makes more people, especially younger people, wake up and say, hey, you know what, maybe I'm going to wear my mask or I'm going to not you know, go to that party or, or maybe I'm going to discourage somebody from having a, a big party uh, yeah. right now. 
Um, so yeah, just wanted to wanted to bring that up, uh, get that out of the way because that was that was a really scary uh, situation. Um, the other basketball thing, as far as games, you know, we we've been following PC here, uh, and, and I feel bad for PC. I mean, they they were kind of on a roll. They're they're four and two. They're just they were going to dip into their to their conference play this week, and Xavier like <laughs> day before uh, they're supposed to play Saturday has. All these positive cases crop up. Uh, they shut down their program, so now PC can't play them. And they're like, all right, well, you know, looking forward uh, down the schedule this Thursday, we're going to play UConn, and UConn shut down. So <laughs> PC is going to go from playing. They beat TCU uh, on Wednesday, uh, 79-70. Um, and now they're not going to play at least, at least uh, until the 20th against Seton Hall, which is unfortunate for a team that kind of was rolling there for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but they this is this is a situation we're in. It's the same at the NFL level. I mean, it's like these teams that take off. Obviously, the Titans earlier in the year, the Ravens and Steelers, most most notably here in the last week or two, were supposed to be a premier matchup, and that didn't happen. And both teams looked, you know, like they hadn't played for two weeks. So now these teams are going to be looking, you know, to kind of reset uh, after a week or two off because you haven't played and. You know, unfortunately, they seem to be doing everything okay right now. Uh, that doesn't mean they will later in the season, but but other teams are canceling because of COVID. So now you kind of get hurt by that, and so you got to get in the gym and keep practicing. I guess that's that's really the only way to do it. So EC kind of has to hit a, a little bit of a reset, and then hopefully ramp up once again once they start playing real games. Because I mean, the difference in we've seen it from time to time again. It's the difference between practice and games is just notable notable yeah uh did you get to catch much of that uh pc tcu game or even even the highlights uh so once again the two guys we've been talking all about uh nate watson beast again puts up 18 points only had eight rebounds but guess what seven of those were on the offensive glass (laughs) that's 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 awesome uh and then david duke has been on fire Uh, 11 of 19 from the field five of eight from three uh 28 points two steals seven assists uh, yeah. That is what you call total control in the driver's seat. Yeah, he's been really, really good. Both those guys have been good, but Duke is just like he's on. He's playing on a very, very high level at the moment. I mean, you go in like every game now. Uh, Duke carries Providence. Duke scores twenty-eight. Providence wins. So it's like those those two things are in tandem. If they win, Duke is you know is showing out, and obviously. Now you're not playing games. Hopefully you can stay in that mode. But but between you know, I mean David Duke is in the in the top of their team in points, assists probably I would guess. So he's having a tremendous year so far. Yeah. So for PC they got hopefully Seton Hall on the twentieth, and then Butler on the twenty third, and then and then the biggest East, the biggest the Big East will hit uh, a pause. You know they're kind of like they're announcing their schedule in chunks. So they're like, well, here's the games we're going to play in December. We'll worry about January when we get there. Um, So at least for now, these are the games on the schedule, which I think is a kind of a good way to to go about it Um, because you just – there's so much unknown. Um, uh, What I do think is crazy, though, is with some of these teams, you know, you lose a game, so then you're trying to, like, fill that spot. Some teams try to fill the spot and, hey, we we just want to play anybody. You just put out, like, the APB. Anybody yeah. want to come play us? We'll pay you. 
So those are called buy games, right? You pay another team to come and play you because you just want to get a game in. Well, one of these, <laughs> you saw this, Christian, uh, Kansas State and Fort Hayes State. Never hear of Fort Hayes State? They're a D2 team that was paid to come and play Kansas State. Kansas State said, we just we just want to play a game. Will anybody play us? We'll pay you. Come here to play us, please. I'd be up for it. They got embarrassed. Kansas really? State got yeah. embarrassed on their home court by a D2 team that they paid to come and play there. Now, it's exhibition, right? Because it's a, it's a lower division. It doesn't count yeah. towards Kansas State's Still. record. Doesn't matter. Embarrassing. Yeah, it's not a good precedent to Bad. set for your team. No. Like we're gonna Absolutely. pay someone to come kick our ass. Like that's that's not a great start. Yeah. No. I don't think you want that. That is that is not that is not how usually usually it's the other way around. You know, the other team knows, hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna get shellacked. But hey, the program's gonna make a little bit of money. Yeah. This we're is just pay the you year... to come beat us. <laughs> 8168 Yeah, it's not great. 8168. Eight, uh it's bad. I mean and, and that that score is not indicative of of what how the game unfolded. I mean it was it was one of those where it was like they got up by like 20 something points and they were just up 20 something points the whole game pretty much. Yikes. Uh not ideal. Yeah. We we've seen a lot of this now. The like top 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 teams, whatever you want to call like the top four teams are in say college football and college basketball, have pretty much remained that. But after that, four through whatever eighty seven, it's a it's a crapshoot. I mean, each week we're seeing these upsets. I mean, look at Miami football ranked tenth, got annihilated by UNC. Uh, there's yeah. been basketball upsets, uh, you know, just true upsets all over the place. Um, so it's just a weird year with guys who opt out, test negative, can't play or test positive, can't play a game. Teams haven't practiced. This team's losing, missing three guys on one day rest, or they've been, they haven't played in 20 days. Uh, it's a really, really, really weird year. Um, I don't know if you're a betting person, if that helps or hurts you. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, it's, it's been bananas. Um, and it's going to continue to be bananas. I mean, basketball is just getting started here. Um, and so I don't think there's ever going to be a settled moment unless everybody gets vaccines and for Christmas and, you know, come January, February, everything's like back to normal. This entire college basketball year is going to be unsettled like this. So who knows if anybody really even hits a groove. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, look, this is like when, when you have all these different factors, there's going to be upsets all over the place, especially no fans, right? If you're going into like a Duke or a UNC or Rupp Arena for Kentucky or somewhere like that, that's a tough place to play. With nobody there or neutral site, more of these things are going to happen. I mean, it lo- just look at Duke 2-2 two and two already right out of the gate. I mean, it's just kind of this is what we're dealt with, right? So um, you kind of just have to work through it, honestly. I mean, if you're that good and you're a high-level team, like we've heard from Providence players say, it doesn't matter. We're just going to play. We It felt like there's fans in the arena. So you have to have that different mindset. Yeah. Some players can, some players can't. You know, you can't get up for these games if there's no fans and there's nothing going on. Yeah. Um, 
for me, my last college basketball note, you know, we'll check in with the other Rhode Island team, URI. Uh, they, uh, their one game this week was against Wisconsin. Uh, they, this is, this is, again, this is a game that they, they didn't, I don't think they bought it, but they had a game, they lost a game, Wisconsin lost a game and they're like, Hey, let's make it work. Uh, you know, a chance for you or I to play a, a top team and see what they had. Uh, and they just started too slow. I mean, they, they got down 33, 16 at the half, um, outscored Wisconsin in the second half, had a great second half, you know, to kind of make this respectable 73, 62, but, uh, you know, just a too little, too late, um, you know, Fats Russell had a bad had a bad game. It wasn't a great game really for for anybody. Um uh for for, for Rhode Island. Uh credit them fighting back. Um Brad Davidson had the big game for um for Wisconsin. Um but kind of like a lost opportunity, maybe a chance for your ride there to maybe like if they could again, any it's kind of really anybody, you know, your thirteenth rank, that kind of means nothing right now. Right. Uh, you know, unless you're one of those one or two top programs. Um the rankings I don't think are you can't really those don't mean anything. Um, so kind of a kind of a tough spot for URI. You know, uh, a game that they they you know kind of fell into and a chance maybe to, to show something. Um, so today they play Western Kentucky. That game's actually starting in like twenty minutes, um, and then they got uh, Davidson midweek um, uh, on on Friday, and then a whole bunch of other games that are just like TBD. They're just like <laughs> we'll figure it out Who knows? as we go along. Yeah, yeah this is the season. Who knows when you're going to play, but you'll play eventually. Yeah. Or you'll have to pay someone to come beat you. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, last uh, college basketball notes from you, Christian? Any other games that you focused on this week? Uh, no, that, that pretty much does it. I think Missouri was the other one. They're, they're obviously, like you mentioned, rankings don't really matter at this stage. So it's, you know, is there a win? I mean, they're 5-0 and right now. Um, but they beat Illinois. Illinois is ranked six, whatever that means. Uh, but that was really the only uh, cut some highlights of that game. I want to try and I'm pretty sure. I think I watched again, college. It's just so many games. Uh, I feel like I did watch. Yes, I did watch a Missouri games. We talked about them a couple weeks ago because they got all the Smiths. They got Mitchell Smith. They got yeah. Drew Smith. They got Mark Smith. Uh, and then where, where's my guy? Where's the guy who I was? <sighs> There's this one guy on their team who I thought was. Da, 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 da. Where is he? Did he leave? Is he gone? Did he already transfer? There was a guy who I, I remember on their team that I was looking at. Oh no, you know what it was? It was they because they were playing Oregon. And there was a kid on Oregon who I was uh oh, I was saying it was uh Shemi Ojale, but you know, if he was actually <laughs> what everybody thought Semi Ojale could be. What was this kid's name? Now now I have to know. Eugene Omori. That's right. That's right. Mr. Eugene. Um, Missouri actually has a couple of guys. I mean, they've got some guys who they think they think could be uh, NBA ready um, next year. Um, one of the Smiths, uh, I believe, I think Mark Smith uh, is a guy that, that got has, has gotten NBA. And same with Drew Smith. I think both of those guys have had uh, NBA whispers. You know, I, I, I don't think they'd be lottery picks. It could be, you know, second round pick guys. But those are the type of guys that like, contending teams you know these are the guys you hear about yeah. where hey we just need a guy that's a specialist just come in and be a ball handler or just come in and be a shooter um and the, those depth guys guys again who are seniors juniors um those are the those are the big the, the veteran pieces that from a college standpoint that teams that teams look after so 
Um, that'll do it for our for our college focus uh, each week. You know, obviously there's so many games we can't cover all of them, um, but usually the the big games and any other things that me and Christian uh, had our eyes on, we'll discuss from for right now for football and basketball. Um, so if you have any other thoughts, questions about uh, the college the college athletics landscape, be sure to give us uh, shoot us a question or a thought or comment uh, to the three sixty sports show at gmail dot com or comment on any of the the live streams. So we're gonna move along to uh, again this this I think this news came out it feels like forever ago but it must have been Sunday after the show last week. Um, we 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 saw the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight and I think. Some people saw the success of that and the entertainment value. So guess what? Floyd Mayweather wants to come out of the woodwork and fight Logan Paul. Not Jake Paul, who knocked out Nate Robinson. He wants to fight Logan Paul. Uh, Obviously, a complete cash grab uh, for for both of these guys. But this is not going to be like the Tyson fight. This This is like they could... They can go at each other if they if they so choose. It'll be interesting to see what the language is of the fight, but I imagine they're going to go after each other. And I don't know about you, Christian, but the way I see this is Floyd's a big NBA fan. He's a huge NBA fan. And I'm thinking that he's out to avenge Nate Robinson, and he's doing it old school style where you don't just go after the guy. You go after his family first, right? So he's going to go after Logan. He's going to go after he's going to He's going to work his way up to, to Jake Paul. You know, it's the old school way of doing it. You go after the brother, you go after the cousins, you go after the dog, and then you leave the guy for the, the guy you want for last. I think that's what I think that's what Floyd's gonna do here. He's because this, this is a joke. If they actually fight, Logan Paul is gonna get slaughtered. I don't care about weight. I don't care about reach. Floyd is one of the most technical boxers ever. It's maddening to watch, but the dude can't yeah. get touched. There's no way. There's no way Conor McGregor training for a year gets swamped by Floyd. And Logan Paul is going to, what, come in and knock Floyd out? I don't care. It's not happening. So I'm looking forward. I will watch because if they let them fight, Floyd is going to pummel this dude. Yeah, well, I mean, if you read the preview comments in, like, you know, the Twittersphere, uh, Logan Paul is going to knock out Floyd Mayweather. That's just what's – yeah. The the, the first the, – I don't know. When, when this broke, the first, like, 50 or so comments was – you know, I like Floyd, but he's going to get knocked out. And I, I don't know. Like, obviously, boxing is not what it was, right? Not many people watch boxing anymore, uh, unfortunately. It's gotten a little bit better with the heavyweight bouts that, that have recently come up. But, uh, yeah, Floyd is not going to lose to uh, a YouTube star, um, podcast star, whatever whatever you want to call Logan Paul. Uh, there's, there's absolutely no way. Obviously, Paul is... He's a big guy. He's definitely got size on Mayweather, but Mayweather is a defensive, technical, very, like, he just picks a spot. It's the same way McGregor. Everybody said, well, McGregor's got reach. He's got power. Once you put those gloves on, the power goes a little bit away, especially when you're fighting Mayweather, who literally doesn't let you hit him. Yeah. Yeah. And and normally, I get angry at that. Like, I'd say, like, and, and trust me, Floyd Mayweather is also a POS, so I would, I would, if he if he gets his teeth bent in, trust me, I won't be crying. Uh, so uh, I think this is a win-win. I think we're gonna see one of these guys who are both, you know, Logan Paul's a complete a-hole. So if he gets his teeth bashed in, everybody everybody wins. Um, if they actually you know, fight, 
if they actually fight. Though the most maddening thing would be if both of these guys just dance around for a whole fight. Because guess what? This is not a legitimate fight. This is exhibition. We want to see you guys box each other. There's no reason to dance around. Um, so, you know, Floyd's 5'8". Uh, Logan Paul, let's see. He's 6'2". So he's, he's got the height. Uh, Logan Paul, at least on this site, doesn't list a reach. Um, lists him as 200 pounds. I don't know where Floyd's at now. Um, I don't think he has an official weight. Um, There's no question that Logan Paul has him on weight, height, and reach. There's just no question. But at the same time, one is one of the greatest boxers of all time. The other has boxed one time and lost. So I don't know how you weigh those things. Again, it's a win-win. It will be a win-win for the viewers if they actually fight. Uh, I just feel, like I said, I think... uh, I think I think Floyd's out to avenge Nate Robinson. That's that's, that's how it's going to go. It's definitely possible that that Floyd loses somehow. Uh, maybe one punch. I don't know if if it, just based on sheer size. I just like Floyd's style puts me to sleep sometimes. So I don't know what to expect from this. Yeah, I've been perpetually disappointed by, like I, I think Floyd knew it too. Like I, the last uh, Pacquiao Mayweather fight back that was like what twenty fifteen. I was so excited for, I was so ready for that. And, yeah. and, uh, it was a disappointment. Um, mostly because Floyd, like, like he does, he danced the whole time. I think he knew to, and Pacquiao wore down. I think he knew the reason that fight got put off for so long was because, you know, he knew if he fought Pacquiao like five years before, he probably would have lost, uh, or could have yeah. lost. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that in, in boxing guys, uh, you know, avoiding certain, certain certain matchups um oh god would it be the most disappointing thing though like if floyd says something like hey i'm doing this for my boy nate and logan paul does to floyd what <laughs> jake yeah. did to, he just like gets hit on the chin and you've got you got you gotta the the pauls will be tweeting out pictures of nate robinson and mayweather just lying face down next to each other yeah. uh that would be the worst possible outcome floyd getting ko by a uh, YouTube a hole, oh, yeah, that, that would, would not be a good. That would not be a good look. So Especially, I guess I it is. Know. It isn't a win-win. It could. It's ninety percent chance of win-win opportunity, uh, for 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 viewers here. But there's that ten percent chance. I'll give it ten, just because of the the height and reach and weight thing. Ten percent chance Floyd gets uh, embarrassed. Not yeah, likely. I mean... Not likely. But if he screws up, if he gets too close, if he exposes himself. Maybe ten, maybe ten's too big. There's a chance. There's a small chance. Five, two, whatever the percentage you want to put on it. It's there. It exists. It definitely um, does. Yeah. Uh, this is a question from Pete from Gansett. Uh, what will it take to resurrect interest in boxing? Maybe it's this. Maybe it's you know no. nostalgia. You get the old the boxers the, of the glory no. days fighting your least favorite YouTube stars um i don't know uh i think a lot it what it would take is you need you need heavyweights you need great heavyweights because guess what floyd mayweather like we said 50 and 0 but he's a technical boxer he dances around uh and if you're a boxing purist you'll, you'll sit there and you'll watch that and it's interesting to you the fans want to see guys hit each other that's why people watch UFC. It's bloody. It's it's physical. Um, uh, it's raw. 
Uh, and now, not that boxing ever needs to be that bloody or messy like you, you know, mixed martial arts is. Um, but boxing doesn't have a great heavyweight right now. At least nobody that's consistent that you, you know, yeah. you don't get these matchups like you did in the past where it's like a guy, you know, guys fight each other two, three, four times and it goes back well, and forth. I don't um, know. I think, you know, why, when you look at the top, it's, it's Fury, Wilder, and Anthony Joshua. Those three, those are, when, when you're talking about boxing, those three are really the names that you kind of resonate with now where you might watch a fight. Those are the only three though. So you need more compelling fighters. And if you're telling me you're going to watch some, you know, lightweight bout instead of going over to UFC and watching, you know, uh, you name it. Like I, you're just not going to pick boxing over UFC, especially if well, you're yeah. Well, cause the, the lowest card UFC fight uh, is going to be a fight no matter what. Uh, you know, you're going to, and that's the other thing too, <laughs> attention spans who today, the generation is, uh, you know, every generation is getting younger and less interested. So it's kind of like baseball, right? Baseball and boxing kind of have the same problem. Who's going to watch who wants to watch and how can you watch? How is anybody interested in boxing when one, you got to pay through the nose to see it. And two, you got to wait till like midnight before the title fight even starts. And then what that title fight is like we said, it's Mayweather dancing around a ring for, for 15 minutes. I just paid, what, 50 bucks to not even watch the guys fight? Yeah. Uh, so I think you need you, – it needs to – boxing needs to take a step back. Um, they'll still make – it's like you'll still make the money. If you make it more affordable and more, more available, you'll still make the money because guess what? Now more people will pay to watch. It's just yeah. it's it, that's economics. Um, I mean, really, so, the only time the only time people have watched boxing lately, anyway, are either these YouTube stars, uh, the Tyson the Tyson bout, or between the top three heavyweights. That's about it. Uh, unless you're talking about Joshua, Wilder, or Fury, I really don't. I really don't have any much interest. I mean, I I'll be honest. Like, I if I'm gonna watch that, I'd rather watch an undercard of a UFC pay per view where a guy is getting, you know, roundhouse kicked in the face, right? I mean, that's just like the entertainment value. I mean, it's just, yeah, they're two different, very different things. Uh, but in terms of attention span, do you want to see this guy's hands up the entire time dancing around? Or are you in the mode to see maybe a submission, a Superman punch, a head kick, something like that? I mean, it's just, they're, they're two very different sports. And you what do you think is taking over. What do you think, too, Christian, about maybe condensing the weight classes? I feel like there's, you know, 87 undisputed world champions right now. And it's like, maybe you should have fewer weight classes. That way you have kind of more guys bracketed to fight each other, right? You know, yeah. instead of instead of having light, middle lightweight, featherweight, flyweight, blah, blah, blah. I feel like there's just way too many weight classes to keep track. And there's not enough of these big-name guys so it's hard to kind of keep track too. It's 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 kind of hard to know who's who and to follow and get interested when you have like how many, I mean there's probably what twelve weight classes you could you could fight in. Yeah. Yeah. You know maybe maybe bump that down to start at eight, right? And and at least maybe you get guys in a lightweight, a middleweight, a heavyweight, super heavyweight, and you kind of make that that pool better. So maybe that means that. More guys fall to the bottom. That means, but maybe there's more guys that rise to the top instead of kind of having this like vanilla twenty weight class type of thing going on. I don't know. What do you yeah. What do you think about condensing some of the weight classes? 
I mean, you could do that. I mean, I'd be interested in it. Uh, I mean, look, it's really for me boxing. If if I'm gonna watch boxing, it's in the names. So, like between like I keep going back to about Wilder and Fury, those two that that all I I am interested in because the two go back and forth. Uh, they've had a couple couple uh, outs now, and they've both been pretty compelling. Um, and also they trash talk, which is nice. Um, so you could yeah, you could do something like that where you condense the weight classes. I just don't know because it's it's really for me it's all in the name. So if, unless you have these big name guys, I, I don't know how many people are going to resonate and, and kind of go toward boxing again as opposed to, you know, I mean they're direct competitor to UFC. Yeah. Do you think boxing has reached its like floor? Like it it won't fall further than it has. It could only potentially get back to where it was or or grow. Or, or do you think boxing could fall any further and? An interest in no, I think they're right, and like they're right at the floor, pretty much. I mean, I think there's hype around certain fights. It's just not the sport as a whole is not going to come back up to a level of the UFC or or one of these pro sports because again, it's just not like when you think about uh, I'm going to watch Habib McGregor or I'm going to watch uh, a couple of boxers that I have no idea who they are. So it's yeah. really it's just all in the name. So maybe you condense the weight classes and get more names. Uh, you have to get guys that are compelling. Like the reason McGregor, because half the people hate him, half the people love him because he talks trash, he backs it up, and he can fight. Like that's this, you need those type of people. I, I can't remember. Maybe it was about maybe it was about Mickey Mantle. I'm not sure. Uh, I think Pete from Narragansett knows he knows this exact quote. Uh, but you know somebody, you know the Yankees asking about you know people coming to the games and people boo, you know somebody booing one of their players and they said listen 20,000 come to cheer them 20,000 come to boom they all pay right yeah so so that's the thing hey maybe boxing needs to hire Dana White that's the other thing too i mean Possible, boxing yeah. boxing doesn't do enough to promote maybe it doesn't do enough to promote its its personalities um and and its its social media thing uh call you Shremsky. um uh, was was who I think that they were they were talking about. Yeah. Um, so uh, last thing on the weight class, uh, seventeen weight classes. Yeah. Minimum, min- minimum, light flyweight, flyweight, super flyweight, bantamweight, super bantamweight, featherweight, super featherweight, lightweight, super lightweight, welterweight, super welterweight, middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, cruiserweight, heavyweight. That's too much. Yeah. I mean, I understand why you do it. I understand why you do it because you want to get more people involved. But at the same time, why not make them hit a certain weight class, right? If you look at the UFC, I don't know comparatively off the top of my head, but it's like just off the top, it's bantamweight, lightweight, you know, all heavyweight, obviously, uh, welterweight. But it's it just seems at least off the top, it just seems way less. There's no supers and there's no megas and there's no you know all these different different aspects of one weight class. I'm trying to look up this exact quote. Uh, I guess it was Tom Yawkey. Uh So I guess it was... Uh, da, 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 da. Ah, we'll find it. We'll tease that. Maybe we'll we'll find the exact quote later on the on the Yaz thing. Um, yeah, I think that's a possibility. Condense the the weights, you know, because this way you get more of these guys fighting each other. Like, who's the top? And I don't even know. How do you know who's the top super flyweight right now? No who's idea. the top? Who's the top bantam weight? I don't know, but I, maybe maybe I'd like to see those guys fight each other. I don't know. Put them in the same weight class. Make you know, just combine that weight class. Eh. Uh. So, anyways, 
yeah, boxing, boxing could could come back, but I think right now it's kind of just kind of stuck uh, where it is. Uh, and 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 right now, after the success of that Mayweather um, uh, Tyson Jones Jr. thing, we're probably gonna see more of this type of stuff, which. It's like it's like it's boxing approaching WWE, where it's just more yeah. about you know entertainment uh, and less about actual the records of guys fighting each other. Um, that gets us into some NBA stuff. Um, preseason, believe it or not, started yesterday, uh, or even no two nights ago. It started Friday. Yeah, um, Friday. I, I, I'm not sure if you caught much of the preseason action. Uh, I've watched two games so far. I watched the Pistons Knicks because I wanted to see my boy Obi Toppin play. Um, he looked good. Um, he threw down some vicious dunks. Uh, and I watched the Hornets uh, Tampa Bay Raptors last night um, to see how Gordon Hayward uh, looked. So I'm not sure if you saw any games, Christian. Uh, I'll let you talk about Gordon Hayward because uh, I'm sure you, you have some thoughts on, on how that game played out. My only thought from the, the Pistons game is, yuck, the Pistons are a disgusting team. They have they're a team without a plan. They just have a whole bunch of guys out there. And Mason Plumley, uh, I watched him try and go isolation and take a guy off the dribble, and it, it did not work. It did not end well. Um, and then I also watched Blake Griffin try and go ISO and take a guy off the dribble and then step back for three like he's Blake Griffin or like he's uh, James Harden. Uh, so yeah. the Pistons are, are are just a complete mismatch of garbage. Uh, so they're going to be a dumpster fire worth watching. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on uh, the Charlotte Hornets last night looked like they thought they were in game seven of the NBA finals for the first quarter. Uh, I, th- I think they're exciting. They're excited. Um, but um, – We'll see. We'll see how it actually plays out in the regular season for them. But for a quarter, uh, you saw maybe what they could be. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely be wrong on this, but I I think they suck. I'll be honest. I I don't know. I I like even Hayward coming over like, and the hype on Ball like who was not good yesterday. Well, he was all right. I I won't say he's not great, but um. I don't know. He's 0 for 5. Like, can he shoot? That's the biggest thing. He had 10 assists. I mean, he's a great passer, right? But can he shoot? I don't, I, that remains to be seen. So I don't know if he's going to be like this big spark that everyone thinks, but just looking at their rosters, they have some good young guys. I, I can't believe Hayward went to that team. If I was him, I, w- I would have much rather taken less money and gone elsewhere. I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, if they wanted to get a deal done with the Pacers, they probably could have at some point. It was just going to be a matter of what pieces go where. Um, and obviously, I mean, Ainge has since said that he wanted Hayward back. I don't think Hayward was coming back no matter what. Uh, but Hayward looked fine. I mean, he looked like himself, uh, I will say. He was minus three, but he had 11 points. And he's, you know, he's got a good game. I mean, I, I like watching him play when he's on the floor. He's And also, he's just he seems like a he, he's a good guy. But uh, I can't believe he went to that team. I don't know. I, I he's going to be bottom of the East, um, making 120 million. Sure, maybe they sneak in somehow. I just don't see it in the East right now. I don't see how that team goes anywhere. Um, I just wanted to check in. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a recurring thing this year. Uh, so Miles Turner yesterday for the Pacers, four of seven for the field, two of four from three, four of seven at the free throw line, uh, six rebounds, one assists, three blocks, uh, 14 points. So, 
Uh, I feel like we're going to be comparing Hayward and Turner stats uh, at least for a while at the beginning of the season. I think I kind of Hayward didn't lie to us. He wanted a bigger role. Clearly, he cared more about that than winning. Apparently, uh, and and the money. And I understood. We listen. I get it from where from what he's gone through. We've said this for you know quite a bit now. Given what the guy's gone through, I understand taking the money. Um, you still were going to get good money though to go to Indiana or stay in Boston. And yeah. I think clearly the guy lusted after the bigger role. Uh, I think being the guy that was, hey, you're third on the pecking order here and do all the right things. I mean, you saw him yesterday. If he's on the Celtics, and I think we saw flashes of it last year, but it was more like when he would stay in and the bench would come on the floor, and because the bench had no options, it was, hey, Hayward, now you have free reign to bring the ball up the floor, go attack the harem. Not, hey, get it up, get it to Jason. Or get it up, get it to Kemba, run the offense. You saw more yesterday of him getting the ball, getting the ball and running up the court, dishing it off, getting it back, attacking the rim. He's going to be more of a focal point for them. I just think. Yeah, you're going to be out of the playoffs, and yeah, you're going to have a bigger role. They, I, I don't they, know. they could sneaky be an eight seed. Are they upsetting anybody? Hell no. They could they could be better than I think people think they, they will be um, if they all stay healthy. Fingers crossed. If you're the Hornets, you get a hope for that. Uh, let Hayward, you know, let him prove it if he can stay healthy. Um, also, it's weird. You watch the dynamic between like him and Rozier. I don't know if it's because you know Gordon is as white as they come, and you know Terry's, you know, uh, hey Terry, Terry, North Chicago or you know Northern Ohio. You know, uh, you know we we've we've talked at Lake b- b- before about his. You know, he he comes from a much different background than Gordon Hayward. We'll put it like that, right? Uh, the two of those guys don't seem to have the same uh, background or personality type. And I guess there was some beef with them uh, when, when he was leaving. He like, I don't know if it's because Gordon basically stole his minutes uh, in that last year in Boston. And he, he had beef with him for that. Evidently, I guess there's some, there's a rumor out there that like some of Terry's boys like stole a PlayStation or something from Gordon. Like, I don't know. There's some weird, there's some weird beef with them. Cause you see like everybody else is hyped up and those two guys are just kind of like giving like kind of casual low fives to each other. <laughs> uh, Matt Murphy, friend of the program, our, our NBA and uh, uh, draft analyst and uh, salary cap guru uh, pointed it out to me yesterday. He's like, it's really weird that like those two kind of seem to have like a weird vibe in their last year on the Celtics and a lot of beef when he left and now they're together again and like having to make it work. It's really odd. Um, I think this team at best is like a seven seed and getting swept in the first round. Yeah, They could do that. They could uh, have a good yeah. year. Who are they not winning a championship? Though? You have Toronto, Boston, Indiana, Milwaukee, Toronto. Did I say Toronto? Tampa, you mean Tampa? I I think the Raptors are going to come back to Earth because you know what? I think they live off of the we the North and their home crowd, uh, and, and all of that. And I just think I don't think that they dramatically improved their roster, uh, and I just think they're probably closer to middle of that Eastern Conference than 
at the top. I think the home court for them does wonders. Um, Definitely. I, so without it, without without being in Toronto with their fans, I think they're much closer to a 500 middle of the pack East team than an elite team in the Eastern Conference. Unless Siakam, unless Siakam elevates himself and takes it to another level. Because without that, if Siakam's just kind of what he was in the bubble last year, they're not any better. They're not. Yeah, but they're not as bad as the Charlotte Hornets. So, like, I think they're to Earth might be. All right. you know, All right. the are, are the Raptors closer to uh, the Charlotte Hornets or getting to Game Seven of the second round? Game Seven yeah. of the second round. I I think. I don't think so. I, I, we we disagree. I just I I don't think that. Let's look. Let me see. In in, in the East here, let's let's sort it out. Let, let let's let's rank them. Who's your number one team? Milwaukee. Okay, I agree. Who's your number two team? On paper, probably Brooklyn. I agree there as well. Who's your number three team? Probably looking at. Um... I had to say right now, I would probably say Philly. Ugh. Okay, disagree. I go Miami there. Um, I put Miami three. Who's your number four? Probably Miami. Okay, see, I put Boston number four. Uh, who do you put number five? Probably Boston. Okay, so we, we kind of we, we're different there through three through five. I put Philly five. Uh. And then Toronto six, and then I put Toronto six. I I just I don't think uh, I don't think they're gonna be. I mean, last year they were fifty three and nineteen. Let's see, uh, away they were twenty seven and nine on the road, which is, which is really good. Um, I, I I just think being in Tampa, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that team. Didn't I don't think Aaron Baines is going to be the the piece that makes them better than they were. Are they better than they were last year? I say no. I say that the probably same. about the same. I mean, yeah, they they didn't make any real moves. I mean, they got they lost to Buck and they got Baines. Buck is good. He's not. He doesn't put them over the top or anything. Uh, yeah. So no, I mean they're not any worse, but I don't think they're any better necessarily. So so to finish out so to, so to finish out this this Eastern Conference here, we've got the Raptors at six. Who's who's seven and eight? Probably Indiana, and then uh, I would say some combination of Atlanta, Orlando, and maybe Charlotte. Yeah, I I agree. Also, who maybe knows? The Wizards, who knows? I was gonna say maybe the Wizards with with Westbrook now, um, but that's gonna be a mess in there. I mean, at that point, you're splitting hairs between Orlando, Charlotte, and. Uh, uh, the Wizards and uh, Atlanta. Atlanta could be one of those sneaky teams, right? Um, what if the Sixers are terrible? It could happen. Uh, you know, the, uh, I feel like the Sixers are the biggest, the biggest swing this year. Too much talent, though. They're not gonna. But not we gonna said be that. We said that last. We said that last year, though. Yeah, now, granted, Doc Rivers better than Brett Brown, but yeah, it's totally different. I mean. It, like what were the what seed were they? They were sixth. Sixth, yeah. I don't know. Like they're probably in the four to six slot anyway. And I think with Doc, they get better. Simmons is going to be back. 
uh, Embiid is what he is, and who knows, maybe they get hardened at some point. I don't know. <laughs> but I think just you look at coaching alone, I think Doc Rivers makes that team at least a few wins, if not more, better. Yeah. So Brett Brown was absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. You mentioned Harden there. Uh, he finally reported to uh, to Rockets camp this week, which, you know, we know the guy wants to go to Brooklyn or seven other Eastern Conference contenders. Um, and he finally showed up because guess what? The Rockets fined him for not being there. Good. You have a contract, dude. Sorry. You have a th- three years left on a contract. Uh, I would want the Rockets, if he doesn't show up and, like, doesn't want to play, find the dude every single day. Because yeah. I know the players run that league, but at some point, a team has to say, three years left on a deal is far too much for a guy to start demanding some to be traded somewhere else. Right. You have to start... These teams have to hold players accountable to contracts. Because what's to say a guy said, hey, we, we got a guy in free agency, great, come in, sign a five-year deal. And like a year into it, he's just like, no, nah, uh, uh, never mind. I kind of want to go somewhere else. So trade me. No. You you have to you have to hold these guys accountable to the contract. Um, so I'm glad at least that he showed up. Uh, I think wherever the guy goes, I don't see that team – Better on paper, maybe better in a regular season. I don't think wherever he goes is winning a championship. I think wherever he goes, it's going to be a soap opera. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, he'll make a team better. I mean, I think he would make Philly better just on talent. Like, don't forget, the NBA is literally all talent. So, you know, you have two guys on your roster that are superstars. You're going to win games no matter what, just based on that. Um, so he would make Philly better. I don't know. Like, he he always bows out in the playoffs anyway. So. I'd say he'd be perfect in Philly, win a lot yeah. of games, be great at home, and then... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would I think... think... He's, I think he's a loser as a winner. He's not a winner, yeah. if that makes sense. Not yet, but hey, every dog has his day. Maybe. That's I just don't I think... Yeah, but that's like, we talk about guys like KG like that. Like, people called KG a loser. KG was never a loser. He never had a team. That dude was carrying teams and never got never got help. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, finally had his day, right? Do we look at James Harden like, oh my, this guy is just wallowing and never has enough surrounding cast? The guys get stacked teams every single year. No, it's not. It's not so much of that. It's more like Alex Ovechkin. He's on a he's on a solid team. They win the Presidents Trophy. He never gets through, but eventually they punch through. Yeah. Uh, and so, I don't know. I feel like he's... But did you ever look at Ovechkin like a guy who kind of was like... Like, I feel like Harden, great offensive player. Like, he like he has broken the game of basketball with the way he draws fouls, with the way he pushes the rules as far as dribbling and yeah. gathering and all that. Like, offensively, off the charts. If he chose to be, he could probably be decent defensively. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He does not compete defensively. Um... And I, I just feel like with the way everything has to go through him and he just absorbs the ball, <laughs> the ball stopper, um, I don't know. I just I just don't think the guy, he hasn't done it yet. He has not done it yet, and I think it's been on him. It's not for lack of having guys around him or not being on good teams. It's kind of been on him. So. Yeah, but the talent level is there. So, I mean, if he gets in the right situation, maybe. Um, yeah, there's always there's always that chance. Do you want him on the Boston Celtics? Would you take him on the Celtics? 
It's a tough question. I don't, I don't think so. Um, but at the same time, I also am not this, like, I don't, I am not super high on the Celtics that they're going to win a championship here. Like everybody wants to say they, they have their three of smart Tatum and Brown, Tatum and Brown. Sure. Marcus smart, uh, not in that conversation. So, uh, I don't know what you'd have to give up. I think you'd have to give up too much. I probably yeah. wouldn't. I know um, the package if you want it. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you have to give up draft picks, I'm giving up every single draft pick. And everybody that plays in the G League team, I'm giving them up. So, so here's – this is what I, I've heard as a – as what Houston would want in return for Harden from the Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, and then alternating – pick and swap so you go 2024 first 2025 swap 2026 first 2027 swap so four first round picks and those four I'd players i'd do it i'd do it really just to get rid I of would. the picks no, i i don't think i'm getting rid of jalen at this point uh if someone else is in there with smart sure i mean tatum and brown to me i'm not getting rid of yet they're still they have not peaked yet in my opinion so i'm not getting rid of those guys um but smart, I am not like I'm not sold that he is untradeable. So for the right for the right package, yeah, I think smart should be involved. Yeah, eh. uh, I is smart is smart touchable? Yes. Uh, I'm not. I have no interest in James Harden. I think he's the antithesis of what Brad Stevens wants uh, in a basketball player, right? A guy who's going to work on both ends of the court, and a guy who's going to move the ball. To be fair, yeah, I mean, you, you and Brad are a lot alike. You like low-level college players that are not going to really give you much off the bench, make all your picks, and be a, an East, uh, Eastern Conference middler. I, I know Christian for a fact. If they traded for Harden, and Harden jacked up shots, just you, you get angry at Marcus Smart taking a couple of threes. Wait till James Harden isn't giving the ball to Jason Tatum and he's jacking up shots with like two set, you know, with like twelve seconds on the shot clock from thirty-five feet away. You'd be texting me like, "Pass the ball, trade Harden now." I'd Bench rather him. have. I'd I rather hate have, Harden. No, I would rather have James Harden taking shots away from Jason Tatum than Marcus Smart taking shots away from Jason Tatum. Okay, but if he's not even giving the, uh, I, I, come on. Are you telling me if if you watch James Harden play the way he either doesn't move the ball, you're gonna be you would oh, be satisfied. You would be him. satisfied I, with James Harden dancing around for twenty seconds of the shot clock and just jacking up a shot? Probably not. I'm not. I'm not interested in James Harden the player. I'm interested in the talent. Because a lot of people around here don't want to give up anything because what we have is good enough. Well, we tried that with Kyrie. Basically, he's he's a worse version of Kyrie on offense. Yeah, if as you knew as... what kind of pots Kyrie was, though, then maybe you don't make the deal. But for the talent, that trade was still good. There's so oh. many things that happened. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, spiritually, I think maybe the, the IT Kyrie trade is like what it could turn out to be a curse. Um, the But uh, talent-wise, I agree. I mean, I think Kyrie was was better. It was an upgrade. You went after a big-name a big, a, a big name guy. Um and I think when he's the man, it works, ish. Uh, I think when you ask him to, you know, kind of let Jason Tatum be come into his own and all this, I think, eh, I, all right, extenuating circumstances. Um, I don't, I just James Harden, I don't know. 
I feel like I feel like Kyrie at least is willing to 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 work within an offense. I don't know if I don't know if James Harden's gonna wanna Who's your or is is Jason Tatum gonna be one is the number two option to James Harden? No. I feel I, I mean, feel like you should you should at least you gotta let this team we haven't let this team grow. We said this. You, the Celtics have not let their team grow at all. You know? Can can we finally just see what the team looks like kind of the same from one year to the next instead of constantly shuffling it? That's why I'm not moving anybody any of these guys this year. So oh, I'm not moving them either. I mean Tatum is your guy right now. So you'll see what it looks like this year. And all I'm saying is Marcus Smart to me is not untouchable. I like Smart. I like him as a player. I think he does all the right things on the floor, usually, uh, with the exception of the shooting. Um, but unfortunately, the Celtics, is, everything is awesome, and we're not going to tell you not to shoot. Because then, you know, Marcus Smart gets in his own head and gets annoyed. Uh, so I don't know. I, I would like to see how they do in this scenario where there's no there's no more Hayward, there's no more Horford, there's no more Kyrie. So you can't blame all these guys for being a problem. Uh in the offense are not a fit because now this team is where they are. This is Tatum and Brown's team. And most notably it's Tatum's team. So we'll see what they do this year. And then, you know, go from there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, Hey guys, the excuses are gone now. <laughs> Nobody left to blame. So now it's, now it's time. Uh, just quick check-in. Uh, it's uh, six minutes into the uh, URI basketball game. Uh, they're down five nothing. So one, ugly. Uh, they're zero of four from the field with four turnovers. Not yeah. not a hot start. <laughs> not a hot start against uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. That's an interesting mascot name. Nice <laughs> uh, the Hilltoppers. Uh, so we'll kind of keep our eyes uh, on on that one. I guess uh, you know, we're, we've already kind of gotten deep into the Celtics here. Last thoughts on. Um, Evidently now Tristan, we all knew Kemba Walker wasn't going to be available to start the season. He got the stem cell injection into his knee. Hopefully that kind of rectifies a lot of the issues he's had in there. Um, so we knew that coming in. Um, Tristan Thompson now looks like he might not be ready to go for the start of the regular season. Uh, their preseason begins this Tuesday. Um, are you concerned at all? Or is it kind of a, and it's, it's, I think it's not surprising. Thompson hasn't played since March. He was on the Cavs. Yeah. A lot of these guys who hadn't, you know, weren't in the bubble, haven't played basketball in quite a while. So, and, and you try as best you can to stay in shape and work and everything else, but kind of surprised that maybe the guy's hamstring is a little sore, or uh, that more of these injuries will crop up in these guys who haven't played in so long. Um, mm -hmm. So, kind of not surprised that they're at least. I don't think it's anything serious. I think they're just going to be cautious with it and work the guy back in. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be in any rush to just say, well, we were playing Milwaukee game number one, let's get him out there. No, I mean, he hasn't played in so long as a hamstring. You don't want to mess with hamstring or groin or injuries like that because once you go down with something like that, that can hamper you for a long time. Yeah. Um, but between him and Kemba, yeah, I'm a little concerned. I mean, I don't – I think they'll, they'll you know, they'll get their wins on teams that are not as good, obviously, based on talent, but uh, – Without the full roster, I don't know where they're at. Where they're at, they're in the middle of the East. That's what I would say. So, um, it's it's going to be about the level of Tatum if he if he can you know, kind of rise up. I mean, he was very good last year uh, in the bubble. He was okay. I would say um, everybody was kind of okay in the bubble. It was not other than the Phoenix Suns. But uh, I would like to see what it looks like this year because nobody's taking minutes away from him this year. Nobody's coming in right behind him. So. 
he's kind of the guy and he needs to be he's got to be that guy that's scoring 26 a night yeah i agree uh do you hear everybody's i brought this up last week i said if uh kemba's not ready to go which he won't be you start in jeff teague or you start in peyton pritchard everybody likes peyton pritchard uh, everybody has spoke wonders about. They said he's been the best player in camp. Right. <laughs> Christian's not excited at all about that. I let's see what it looks like in a game. Like he's on an, he's on a court one on one. That's we're gonna see fantastic. Tuesday. I would would you be stunned? I mean, it's only preseason. Will you be stunned if they're starting Pritchard on Tuesday? No, I wouldn't be surprised if Brad says all the starters are not are coming off the bench this year and he's starting all five. G League players. Because Brad coaches like it's college anyway, so he might as well just throw all those guys in there. Yeah. I think I think the Thompson injury for now isn't isn't a big deal, as long as it's not something that recurs throughout the year. You know, rest the guy, make sure he's ready to go for when the games are really going to be important. I think it's another opportunity because I think he's your starting center. Right? Yes. Um I don't I think so. you I don't think you play like Thompson at like power forward with another big. No, no. I don't see Brad wanting to do that. Um, I think it's this is again this is an opportunity. The starting center position is Rob Williams to lose. Thompson isn't going to be out here to start the the, the season. So, uh, time lord, time for you to uh, time jump uh, into the player you should be. Big time opportunity for him. On that one. Year three. This is this is this is the time for you to 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 kind of make that jump. So we'll see if that happens. Um, if you have any other uh, NBA thoughts or comments, you can uh, drop them in the comment section, or you can email the three sixty sports show at gmail dot com. If you can't catch us live, we're live every Sunday at eleven a.m. Uh, and if you're listening to this as a podcast, we put the show out through Sounder FM uh, wherever, and you can get it wherever they are, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, so if you're listening to this as a podcast and want to send us a question, the360sportshow at gmail.com is where you can reach us throughout the week. Uh, last little thing before we get to our NFL picks uh, and NFL thoughts, uh, the New England Revolution, who we've been hyping up for a couple of weeks now, uh, kind of a – I'm not going to call it a crash and burn. It's just a disappointing out oh, for sure. them. Um, mm. Matt Turner, big bright spot for them. Their, their keeper, I mean, the guy kept them in that game for, for the mm. longest time. It's just kind of it, it. It's similar to hockey, right? Just not enough shots, <laughs> not enough chances. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the Revs. Uh, they had been the team that was outchancing people and possessing the ball. Not the case here uh, against Columbus. Who? Guess yeah. what? Went on yesterday to win the MLS Cup in dominate dominating fashion. Um, so at least you could say you lost to the team that won it. Uh, you lost to the right team. Um, so disappointing that they didn't show up more at least offensively. Yeah. Um, but they've got some solid pieces. Uh, I mean, they're going to be back in the conversation next year. I hope that this playoff run keeps people interested. It gets more people to pay attention and, and watch the team because they're a good team. Uh, with Bruce mm -hmm. Arena there too, I think they're going to continue to improve. So tough loss. My 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 positive spin is that I just think that they're a good team. They're a fun team. I hope more people pay attention to it. Uh, and I won't be surprised if more people pay attention to the Revs than they do the Red Sox. So that's that's my little takeaway. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I I wouldn't be either. Um, I got a new addition up here. Red Sox, go Red Sox. Um, I I don't know. I think the Revs they have good pieces. I don't know how. I just don't know. Soccer is just not something that people find it 
a huge interest in. Like baseball, you can say older generation, and if they get the sport back on track, it's a very, very good sport to watch. Uh, that's a long shot, but I, 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 I like the team that the Reds have. I mean, there's no question about that. They and it, Arena has come in here and he's got these guys playing, you know, time and time again. Now they always play hard and they're always in it. Um, but they just fell short. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a Bruin situation where you say, well, you lost to the, to the winner of the whole thing. So, I mean, how mad can you be at that? You lost to the best team, presumably in the league. Yeah, I agree. So tough out for the revs. I mean, not much analysis needed again. Columbus won yesterday, three nil pretty, pretty, uh, exclamation point on that. Also, I think Seattle was lucky to get there (laughs) to begin with. They had like a crazy ending. They had to score like two goals in like three minutes or something to, to get to overtime and win their game the week before. So, um, yeah, Columbus took care of business. So unfortunate, uh, revs will be back though. Um, brings us to the NFL. Uh, one, one thought, one quick note before we get to to the NFL, the NHL, uh is not back yet they presumably will be on their way back however they are in for a nightmare if they are buying a uh group of uh vaccines for all their players to get vaccinated this is going to be a pr nightmare i don't know if you saw this story earlier in the week uh the nhl is looking to get the vaccine early uh which for some is okay uh but then you look at it and you say what what about like, you know, the first responders and the frontline workers. And so the NHL is, you know, rumored January 13th. uh, But they're looking to purchase the vaccine early. So I don't know how good this is for the league. Uh, A lot of people are not happy about this. And I can't say I blame them, but just a quick story on the NHL. I mean, they're, they're, they're on their way back. They will be back at some point, but, this is uh this is an interesting one. I, I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh it was it was just, you know, some NHL insider source confirms that the NHL is planning the private purchase of a COVID vaccine for all constituents involved in the potential upcoming season. Not a great start. Yeah, I mean it's like, hey, if you can, you can. You know, trying to do the best possible thing for your players. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's not a good. It's not a good look, right? You know, is it the wrong thing to do? No. I mean, you're trying to no, make right. sure your business is is set. Um, should NHL players be getting the vaccine before you know doctors, nurses, people in nursing homes, people with severe conditions? Probably not. Yeah, um, probably not. So but hey, that's where we're at. Again, can't blame them. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily the the, the best look. Try to do it, yes. If if uh, I don't know, I don't I don't know how to feel about saying. Should the players say they won't play until there's a vaccine? I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how to come down on that because, on on the one hand, it's like we're saying with the college basketball, like, hey, this is this is an example of why you shouldn't be just saying, hey, if I get it, I get it, and not worry with what happened with Keontae Johnson. On the other hand, it's, you know. There's a difference because guess what? You guys are being paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. This yeah. is your job. You guys are also getting tested every day. You're going to be in quasi bubbles. Mm, yeah, show up to work. Is it? Um, yeah. I mean, are you taking it away from other people? It just seems like 
it's a it's a fine message to have in terms of yeah you want everybody to be safe obviously right don't we all so it's like yeah uh the message is there i just don't know if it's a good one for like the general public and the fans yeah either say we're not playing until we get a vaccine which is fine or say you know we're 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 gonna play and we're do the bubble you can't say well we want to play and we want the vaccine first yeah that's kind of that's that's kind of like the yeah yeah i mean i understand what they're trying to do but if they're taking it away from like the general public in terms of people that have underlying conditions and you know frontline workers which i don't think is necessarily what they're they're what they're trying to do and what they're saying, we're going to take this away. We want to, you know, purchase the private and that'll take it away from other communities. That's not what they're trying to do. Uh, but it kind of gives a weird message. And, you know, obviously with the day and age that we're in, everybody's going to be mad. So uh, yeah, it's just an interesting start to the NHL who is not yet back. Yeah. So uh, we'll move into our uh, NFL thoughts and action now. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, Christian, you know, last Sunday we did the show Patriots and we'll start with the Patriots because they've already played two games. Uh, they look as unstoppable as you can against the, the, the chargers 45 to nothing. Great. Feel good. Kind of like the all three phases of the game. Everything looks great. Special teams is rolling. The defense is, is looks like it's like one of those, like, Hey, they're coming around, you know, they're not great, but they can at least be solid. Uh, Cam Newton looked as good as he's looked all season in terms of throwing the ball, control the offense, at the line, making checks, making reads, calling audibles, rerouting guys, calling out protections. It all looks great, and it's like, wow, this is maybe this team's rolling, you know, starting to come into form, and, hey, they play Thursday night, you win Thursday, now you're above 500, and, and you're coming down the stretch here, and maybe this team, if they make the playoffs, could be a problem. Then Thursday came, and all of the things that were good about Sunday – we're completely the opposite on Thursday. Now the defense did kind of get some stops. They 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 didn't look as bad in the rest of the game as they did at the beginning against the Rams. Special teams, I guess, was still good. Offensively, though, big step back. And what this tells me is that it does not matter. I, this team, I don't want to see them make the playoffs because, as opposed to 2008, when the Patriots went 11 and five down the stretch, Matt Castle improved steadily throughout the year. The defense, mm-hmm. as injured and banged up as it was, was at least situationally sound. They were they were they were able to do enough. And you said, This team, just get in. Let's see what they can do. I want to see what Matt Castle could do uh in, in the playoffs. I want to see what this team could be. They were playing their best football in December. They were throttling the Cardinals at home late in December. They were beating their divisional opponents late in the year handily you know they smoked the dolphin after being wildcatted out of the out of the stadium they went down to florida and put up 45 something or 48 points uh matt castle was throwing for almost 400 yards a game towards the end right and you you, again yeah you took a 16 and 0 team and went 11 and 5 but you said let's see them get in i don't want to see this patriots team get in you can see just in the course of three days cam newton looks great and then is spiking the ball into the ground and throwing it to the other team it does not matter. This is not a team where you're saying, well, let's just see them get in and see what happens. I know what's going to happen. No. Against a good team, Cam Newton's not going to be able to make quick, short throws to keep the offense on schedule if they need to If they need to go to the passing game. And unless they're front-running and running the ball down someone's throat, they're not winning any games. I'm sorry. They, they're not. They're not built no, to come back. Gonna... Your quarterback can't throw the ball. 
I love him, but you can't throw the ball. It's not working. So I don't care if they go 9-7. and seven. I, I have no desire to see this team make the playoffs and get run off the field by, like, the Steelers. Right? So, ugh. That's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. So I mean, I think the biggest strides, like, yes, they beat the Chargers 45 to nothing. They had a couple good drives, but I don't think the offense was any great shake in that. Um, again, the first drive of the game in that Chargers game was very very good. It kind of sent a message. They went right down, scored. They did a little handoff here with uh, Harris, and then Newton ran it in for a touchdown. They really grounded pound right down the field, seven nothing. There you go. After that, the offense was fine. Uh, I don't think they were that good. Um, you know, they had a lot of contributions from defense. You had a lot of contribution from special teams. Uh, and the game was over at halftime. And Stidham, if you look at the 45, Stidham had one of those touchdowns late. Um, so, I don't know. And then, obviously, you go into the Rams game, and it looks pretty bad. Uh, defensively, I thought they were okay. If Newton doesn't throw a pick six... Uh, you're looking at what 17-3. That's not too many points for a Rams team that is, you know, for the talent that they have, they should be scoring more. You for the for all the Patriots gripe, uh, you look at the talent level between the two teams, the Patriots shouldn't even been in the game. Uh yeah. just based on that alone. And I just I don't think I can do another year, Cam Newton. I, I like everything that he's done here, uh, in terms of leadership on the field, off the field, all that stuff, other than like the COVID hiccup there. But I think he's just cooked. I don't know. I, I He doesn't have the explosion with his legs. He can't make reads at the line. He's throwing the ball to the other team a lot. And most importantly, he just, I don't, he makes some throws down the field that are great. And then he can't throw it short. And he's spiking the ball into the ground third and 10. I, I just can't do it. So I don't know what you do from here. I, I, I would guess Belichick is fine with Newton in the future. I don't know why. Uh, he's already said he's his quarterback next week and beyond for this season, at least. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they see, uh, but I don't see the same thing. They, they, they just don't have it on offense. I think spiritually, we know he's the starter, right? And I think, I think Bill just doesn't want to feel like. I think he'll. I think he'll feel like if he's going to sit him that he's throwing in the towel on the year. I think as long as they're mathematically, which they are, alive for the playoffs, he's just going to keep trotting Cam out there. Uh, yeah. I think if you're mathematically alive, i trot Stidham out there and say, if this kid can get hot and we make the playoffs, then maybe we actually have a chance to win a game. Um, that's how I'd look at it. I would have made that switch weeks ago. But yeah. I think because they he's a veteran guy, Bill really he's done nothing wrong other than play poorly at times. And I think Bill for whatever reason feels like he owes it to the guy. He has a chance to make some incentives still. Uh and I think maybe that's why he's out there because they feel bad about have only and Bill said this. They only gave him a million bucks. Maybe if his contract was like five million dollars fully guaranteed, maybe they'd be like, Cam, listen, it's not working. You're not gonna lose any money. We're gonna put you to the bench. I think Cam. Yeah. I think Cam. No, that's one of the things. So this is this is kind of like Cam knows that like he's not getting it done. He admits it, and I respect that. He's been nothing but professional. He works hard. He's personable. He holds himself accountable. He's honest about his play. And aside from COVID, he's been durable. But if you throw the ball worse than Tim Tebow, you need to be benched. <laughs> like yeah. it's not working. That's unfortunate. But but that's just the facts. Right. So 
I think next week they play him again. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets benched in that game again. Uh, and if they lose or if they're eliminated from the playoffs, you need to see Stidham before week 17. I want to see what he looks like as the starter going in with a game plan, not against the Jets. That Jets game it will be no barometer for what Stidham can be. <laughs> no. You know, unless I he mean, goes look. and plays in that game and is awful, in which case you go, yikes. But we, we don't I want to see what he can, can do. Play. Yeah, I mean, we don't even know if he can play. But I want to see if he can start a day knowing he's the starting quarterback, get reps, get a full game plan with McDaniels, and start from the get-go, not come in in the middle of the game. Now, the last couple times he's come in, he's looked okay. He hasn't thrown the ball to the other team, which is a good sign. Um and who knows if who knows what he is, but I would like to find out here at some point. And I don't think next year starting him, uh, maybe that's a good, maybe that's their plan. I don't know. No shot, no shot. Because I think I think you see that. I don't think there's anything. The Chargers game showed me like okay, maybe the time gives him the grasp of the offense. We saw those things: the talking, the motioning, act being active at reading what the, what the defense was doing. And, yeah. and, and getting them on the same page. I don't know. I'd like to look up what Cam's record is on Thursday nights. Maybe he needs that full week to be able to do those things on a Sunday. I don't know. I don't know why they why things they did on Sunday they couldn't do on Thursday. Where was the motion cam out, snap it to, to Harris? Where was the razzle, not as a razzle-dazzle, but it, like sophistication? Uh, where was that? I, I don't know. Um, so I, I, I just don't think... I don't think another year – I don't want to see another year of him because guess what? There's guys like Kyle Trask who will be available in the draft that they could get who I think yeah. I would rather have a guy that's – and I talked to Brad Kelly last night about this. He's our NFL drafting, scouting, and uh, you know college and pro player expert. And he said – I said, what do you think of Trask? I don't have my phone, but basically verbatim he said, uh, love his accuracy – like his footwork, he doesn't wow you, but he makes all the right plays. Uh, can make those intermediate and, and, and short throws really well. Um, you know, his he's kind of a, a, around the lines of a guy like Derek Carr or Alex Smith. Good, not great. Will you win a Super Bowl with him? Maybe not. But I'd take that over what Cam yeah. Newton's giving you right now. Because Cam Newton's not giving you what you dreamed he would, which was this dual threat quarterback. It's just not there. Dual threat means running and throwing, not I can run and then chuck the ball to the other team. I need a guy that can throw. I can't watch more of chucking it into the ground and then running for two yards. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, You're not going to win a lot of games not being able to throw the ball. Yeah, because if you get down, you're not going to be able to come back. You have no shot. You can't take nine minutes to run the ball down the field and go get a field goal. You need to be able to – and when you get to the goal line, this is the other thing, my big takeaway, last thing about that Pats-Rams game, the Rams did not respect you throwing the ball at all. You got on the goal line and you put three wide receivers on the field and they basically didn't care. They still committed yeah. to you running the ball. You had to be able to at least one of those downs try and throw the ball into the end zone. And it's either Cam doesn't have the confidence, so they're not calling those plays because they don't want him to waste a play. Cam can't physically make the throws. Uh, which is also bad, so they're not calling the plays. And guess what? If the other team's selling out for you to run the ball, you should just sell out to run it too. Bring in all the offensive linemen, run that jumbo formation like you ran against the Seahawks, and at least just say we're putting a hat on a hat and we're trying to pound it in. Not, I'm going to run option like with a pitch man on the goal line, and 
there's like seven, they blitzed seven guys on the goal line against you. And you had three wide. You should have been able to throw the ball there. And they didn't. So if you're going to run the ball, just commit and run it. Because teams are not respecting you with wide receivers on the field. They're not. Yeah. So that's the thing. Last little side note. I think Nikhil Harry is starting to show you something. So I'd rather have a guy who's out there that can actually throw the ball. Right? That was Nikhil Harry's best game as a pro. I don't care that he didn't have a touchdown. What we wanted to see Nikhil Harry do, which was go up, compete for the ball, make athletic plays, he was showing you that. And unfortunately, they didn't have a quarterback in the game who could keep throwing him the ball. So, Yeah, anyway, he's fine. For the Nikhil Harry haters. Um, that brings us to picks. So let's uh, let's get into it. Christian, again, you had a good week, 9-7. and seven. Uh, You are up on me by uh, 20 points right now. 115-95. to 95. Woof. I'm, I'm, it's a blowout. It's a blowout. Uh, luckily, I don't think I'm picking the Chargers ever again because we came into last Sunday saying they're a team that's better than their record. No, they're not. I'm sorry. Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn love you. He should be fired. So Yeah, he's got to go. Anyway, let's get into it. we got about 20 minutes here, so let's try and run through these. Well, uh, yep. Patriots, Rams, you took the Pats. Good, good choice. Uh, we'll move right on to Houston at Chicago. I needed to pick them because I said if there's any chance they have that, like I said, biggest win of the year or most disappointing loss, and it was the most disappointing loss. Yeah. Uh, Houston at Chicago. Uh, I'm picking the Texans. I don't know. Chicago's yeah. a mess. Chicago's lost what six, five or six in a row. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. Dallas at Cincinnati. Gross. Uh, Dallas. <laughs> I guess. Ugh. I don't. We just do a flip of the Who's coin. quarterbacking for the Bengals? Dallas. Uh, who the hell knows? Uh, only because this is a sucky game, and I need to make up games on you, and I don't, I don't know who to pick. I'm picking Cincy just because I, I, I have no faith. I have no faith in either team, and you're taking Dallas. So I might as well take Cincy. Math. I'm trying to make up games here. I gotta be. I'm desperate. Uh, then we go KC at Miami. Uh, Kansas City. Sorry, I. Miami's a lot better this year than anybody thought they would be, but uh, not ready for the big boys. Not I ready hope for this is time. A, I hope this is a good da- uh, good game because you got Tua versus Mahomes. I think it could be good, but it probably won't be. I think KC blows them out probably. But. Yeah. Same. Uh, then we go Arizona at the G-Men. The Giants. Um, man, Arizona now is just tumbling. And I don't know. Giants I don't know what to make of this game. I think the Giants win this game. I I gotta agree. I I don't I don't want to take this make the same pick as you here, but Arizona's just sliding, and the Giants that defense has been showing. If that defense, defense yeah. can do defense what they did to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, they can replicate that against Kyler Murray. Their, their defense is legit. That's one thing I'll say. Judge hasn't been playing good uh, for as big of a tool bag as he is. I think you know, he's got him playing well. And that defense, yeah. they have some good players on that team. Same. Uh, there Giants. we go. The Vikes at the top of Bay Brady's. <sighs> I'm going to let you go first, Christian. I keep picking freaking Tampa, and they lose every week. So you might as well. Let's just make it a triple and just go for it, Tampa. Oh, thank you. I am picking Minnesota because by week, I don't care. It doesn't matter. 
They were like, oh, Tom Brady's record out of the bye week. That's Tom Brady with Bill Belichick. I think this season yeah. has shown us that Bill and Tom both, they don't need each other, but they're better with each other, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I just don't think, I, you know, what did Arians do? Did Arians spend the last two, you know, 10 days game planning, working on the team, trying to figure some things out, having some meetings, getting the guys together, rallying the troops here for the home stretch? Or did he go out and golf? Right. Yeah. You look. So you look at the two. Right. If you look at Belichick, Brady, who's had a better year, who's more in it. I think I lean Brady because he's on track to make the playoffs. But I think it's. I think it's fifty-fifty. I really do. Right now, I think it's almost a dead heat. The fact that the Patriots have won six games with what we see now that they have at quarterback, like I think there should have been there. They still could. Right. There is a pe- the the path is alive. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff has to happen for the Patriots. Um, but it's, it's there. If they make the playoffs, it, it's almost – I'm only mostly dead. Um, if if they make the playoffs, Bill Belichick, coach of the year. I'm sorry. To take what you're seeing with the limitations they have at quarterback and make the playoffs, especially with starting two and five and COVID and all I, – I think I think it's even, like you said. I think they're both coaching. Tom's trying and Bill's coaching his ass off. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm picking Minnesota just because I just don't think things are right there in Tampa and – uh, I think it's going to unravel faster than people expect. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah. This could be a big – it's a big opportunity, big bounce back here for Tampa. They need to win today. Uh, but Minnesota's played really well. They've come on uh, lately here. So I'm picking I'm picking the Vikings. I can give a game or two over. It's fine. Uh, oh, how generous of you. Denver, <laughs> Denver at Carolina. Uh, oh. This is a tough game. Yeah. Denver plays hard, man. These are two teams that really play hard. Um, can Locke be better than Bridgewater? I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, I'm going to pick like, Carolina just because they're at home. I'll take Denver. I like Denver's defense more. Yeah, that's a t- that's a tough one. What's the? Are you looking at ES? Does that have the line with it? Uh, yeah, I can grab it here. Just curious. Uh, minus Vegas four, Carolina. So I guess you know Carolina at home. They also think they're the better team. Yeah. That's kind of about right. I wouldn't have been surprised if that was closer, though. Next. Next, we have the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this has got to be Tennessee in a runaway. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're looking to for, for a big win. Uh, Jacksonville is, Jacksonville is, is, is putrid. So, uh, I picked Jacksonville last week, I think. Did I pick Jacksonville? Yeah, I did, against Cleveland. And that game ended up being a fight. Um, or no, sorry, that was two weeks ago. Last week. Who did Jacksonville play last week? Minnesota. Um, Jacksonville has shown some fight at times, but I just think against Tennessee, divisional opponent, yes, they know each other, but that works both ways. So, I mean, Tennessee should should run away with this game. Literally run away with this game. Yeah, they need a bounce back, too, because of uh, they lost to Cleveland last week. Uh, Indianapolis at... Vegas. Two teams that I think are good that want to win but just don't know how to win and keep finding hilarious ways to lose games and or be in games that they shouldn't be losing in. Uh, Man, my God. Vegas, right? That game last week, I picked the Jets last week, and I am disgusted. One, because I picked them to win, and they should have won. 
And you know what? The Jets, you could say, oh, that last play, they're trying to tank. No. You don't fire your defensive coordinator after that game if you were trying to tank. You say, thank you. Thank you for losing the game for us. No, they wanted to win that game. And Greg Williams calling out all-out blitzes the last two plays of that game. When you have a lead, the other team needs a touchdown. Ugh. Abysmal. I don't think, I don't think they're trying to throw games on the field, right? The players are playing. Uh, they 100% wanted to lose that game. No doubt. They keep putting their players in the worst positions possible, and they wanted to lose the game. I'm I'm fully nah. sold that the Jets are there. Nah, they, they don't fire season. Williams then. Why do you need a scapegoat? Fire Gase at that point. You know, they, why hasn't Gase been fired? Because he's losing Man. games on purpose, right? They tried to win that game. They tried. Why get the stop on the series before? Why was Williams calling defenses to get the stop on the series before that? Just let them get into the end zone then at that point. They were trying to win. All the players talked after the game. You saw Gase. Gase was furious after that game. They wanted to win that game. Should they have been trying to? I don't think so, but they wanted to win that game. Yeah. Have you ever seen like a movie and there's actors in it? Like you can (laughs) pretend to be mad. Uh, Yeah. The players were probably pissed off because they're trying to win the game. What's a movie? I've never heard of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, they were 100% trying to lose that game. They're trying to go 0-16. No doubt. That's one of the most despicable defensive play calls I've ever seen. I don't care. If you're trying to go 0-16, fine. Put players on the field that ha- that are like give you no chance to win. Yeah. You have to at least try to play hard and win the game to instill some sort of culture there. Calling that defense with that situation is abhorrent. <laughs> hey, it's a great way to get to 0-16. I'll say that. I'll give them credit. So, anyway, back to the Raiders, who were the beneficiaries of that. Um... I think they're they're worse than their record would indicate, so I'm going Indy. Yeah, I'm taking Indy as well. Indy's got a better roster. I don't really like the quarterback situation, but they got a better roster. Then we got your favorite team, the New York Jets at the Seahawks. Uh, well, Do it one more time. Just take them. No, no it. shot. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, shot yeah. this week. I'm this sorry. Last week was the only chance they had. They're going 0-16. Sorry. Unless the Patriots decide to gift them the last game of the regular season and they don't even play Stidham and they play Hoyer uh, because he's got some, like, if he plays two games, he gets a bonus. Uh, No. No shot. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. (laughs) Uh, Green Bay at Detroit. Both times I've taken the Jets this year, it has been valid. They were, like, in those games. (laughs) So close. So it's not like I'm picking them against everybody. You lost me at Jets and Valid, so. Uh, Green Bay at Detroit. This is Green Bay. Uh, yeah. Can't. Again, Green Bay, they're going to go like 12-4. and four. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to lose. It's kind of their story yeah. with Aaron Rodgers, so. They should be good enough to beat the Lions. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans at Philly. New Orleans at Philadelphia. I believe Jalen Hurts is starting today. Yes, he is. I'm I'm gonna pick pick Philly because I just think the shakeup at quarterback, I think that helps them. I think their offense gets going. Their defense isn't terrible. Um New Orleans, maybe this is the first week you kind of get exposed that you have a tight end playing quarterback who can't throw the ball. So I'm going Saints. Pick give me the tight end. Let's go. Yeah, I mean it it's it's what's the line, what's the spread on that game? I gotta imagine that it's Favored for, let's see, New Orleans is minus seven and a half. That's a lot. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, rookie quarterback getting his first start. I don't know. Got a feeling. 
Uh, my feelings have not been that good this year, but <laughs> or my feelings have been close but not right. Like I got a feeling the Jets could win this game. Little did I know they were going to blitz everybody leading uh, and needing hail mary. But anyway, moving on. It's good that you. It's good that you still have feelings, but most of them are bad feelings. That's all. <laughs> Tells me that I'm alive, um, Atlanta, but suffering. Yeah, at, <laughs> Atlanta at Chargers. Uh, the feelings tell me I'm alive, but they hurt. Um, Atlanta at the Chargers, blech, blech, gross. Can I pick a tie? Um, I don't know. I I'm gonna pick Atlanta only because the Chargers. I just think I've gone from thinking they're better than they are to that team is something. It's just pitiful. I mean, the worst special teams. I have ever seen yeah. or heard speak of. Talk not even of. Close. Like, yeah. Has to be historically bad. I've never seen that many miscues in in, in like a span of ten minutes. Um, so yeah. Atlanta, even though they suck, too. Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to win. I'm going down with the ship. I'm going Chargers. Screw <laughs> <Just for laughs> it. Uh. I got some cushion here. Uh, and, uh, Washington at San Fran. Um, this is actually going to be a good game. San Fran's playing hard. Washington, um, they're I'm trying to. They're yeah. Ah, oh, man, I'm gonna pick Washington only because they need it more. So. Oh, this is tough. Um, I mean, Chase Young is a stud. Um. I'll just pick. I'll pick Washington. Why not? Yeah. This is a crap game. Then uh, finally, before the Monday night, Sunday night football, Pittsburgh at Buffalo should be a marquee game. Probably won't be because the Steelers. Yeah. So it it should be. Um, this is another big boy moment for the Bills. Um, the Steelers. You know, we had the conversation last week. Could they go sixteen and zero? We know now, obviously not. And team, you, the Patriots talked back, and Bill himself has said this. You never want to lose a game, but sometimes a well-timed loss helps you get a team focused, back on track. And the 16-0 and pressure, they said it affected them. I think the only way you could go 19-0 and is if you've already been 16-0 and and know how to handle that pressure yeah. already, right? Yeah. So a team experiencing that for the first time it, it it's real. It affects you. That is a lot of weight to carry. That team, that Patriots 07 team, they've talked about that. Yeah. Um so I think, you know, is the loss a good thing for the Steelers in the long run? Maybe. I don't think blowing a 14 0 lead is the way you wanted to have it happen though. So yeah. I, I don't well, I don't know. Um they they kind of threw that game away. I the, the Steelers had chances to to, to take that game and they kind of just played fast and loose with it. And you know, when you, when, when you play with the game, the game plays with you. Um, yep. I don't know if I believe in the bills yet. They kind of keep, you know, showing me each week that they're ready. Um, I didn't pick them last week cause I, I thought they weren't gonna be ready. And then they shredded the, the Niners, uh, Robert Sala's defense. You know, he got, he's getting some head coaching talks. Yuck. Uh, that looked bad. Brian Dayball now is kind of past him uh, in that head coaching look department. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if they're ready for the Steelers. I, I got to pick the Steelers to bounce back here. Um, you know, they're not going to go undefeated, 
I don't think they're the best team in the AFC um, anymore. I did think they were for a while, but the Chiefs have, have I think, have passed them again. Um, I'm going Pittsburgh. Going Buffalo. I think the Bills got it. I don't know. They look good, and Josh Allen is really kind of. I mean, he can always go back to his old ways, but I mean, he is. Uh, Do you think the Bills can? If, if, if the, the Bills win this game, they go from being content, you know, being in the playoffs and, and and being a good team to being title contenders. Can the Bills win a Super Bowl? Yes and no because of Kansas City, but I think yes because I think their roster is pretty good. Like, they've built something out here. They've been pretty decent for the last few years, and this year, I, I mean, look, it's all in the quarterback. I mean, if Allen, you know, can can come up to the level that his talent says he can, uh, then I think they have something because their defense has been good for a number of years here. So they're clearly building something. Yeah. The problem all is right. Kansas City for everybody in the end. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Lastly. Finally, Baltimore at Cleveland. This is the game of the week, right? Baltimore needs this. Yep. Big time they need this win. Uh, Cleveland. Hmm. Cleveland's yeah, they rolling. don't need it. They don't need it, but this is a, another. They're kind of in the same Good spot boy. as the Bills, right? It's important. Yeah. It's a show it to me moment. Um, I'm actually impressed by the Browns, and I think the Ravens are flawed. I think they, they were a bad team. Then they got Lamar Jackson, and they kind of like – Took everybody by storm last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Horbar was like on the brink of getting fired, and Lamar Jackson saved his job. Um, yeah. I think this year they kind of just thought they'd run it back, and you see teams are adjusting to what Lamar can and can't do. And are the Browns ready to take advantage of that and really make that jump? Uh, you feel like no, but then they kind of keep doing it week in and week out. So yeah. I think it's good. Hey, if the Bills and Browns are good, I think that's good for the NFL, Allen, yeah. right? So I'm going to pick Cleveland here because I want to see them them win. So Cleveland. Agreed. Yeah, I'm going Cleveland as well. Picked awesome. them last week against the Titans, big win. And then, you know, they got to show it here again. But 9-3 and three is pretty good, and they're kind of rolling. So Yeah. So that'll do it for our for our NFL stuff, and that'll uh, that'll kind of wrap up the program here. So uh, again, we are live every Sunday at 11 a.m. You can tune in through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. Just look for the 360 Sports Show. Uh, we also put out the show as a podcast through Sounder FM or wherever podcasts are found. Just search for 360 Sports Show. You can find us pretty much everywhere. And if you can't, let us know. We'll try and get on whatever uh, platform it is. But uh, I'm willing to bet we're pretty much everywhere now. Uh, last thing, Christian, before we go, we've been catching, uh, you know. Uh, URI basketball is playing live right now. Uh, they were down. They actually took a lead, uh, and now they're down 33-27 at halftime against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. So at least it seems like they're kind of back in the fight. So good for good for Rody. You know they need they need a win here. So hopefully they can pull that one out. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for the show. It is 60 degrees right now. I can't believe it's December and it's 60 degrees. But uh, yep. hopefully get outside. Uh, enjoy enjoy the rest of the day, sir. Uh, and for everybody else, thanks for. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We will uh, catch you all next weekend. Have a safe and enjoyable week. See you later.